You are listening to The Dr. Kinney Show, and I'm your host, Erin Kinney, a naturopathic doctor and speaker who's passionate about teaching you how to understand what is happening in your body, why your body is reacting the way it is, and how to make the appropriate changes in your life to get your body back into balance. Something I've learned from my private practice is that the more patients know about their health, the more likely they are to make better diet and lifestyle choices, which ultimately leads them to a faster recovery. Each week, you are going to learn actionable tips, tricks, and teachings from myself, along with the help of top experts in the holistic health community, so that you can make better informed decisions about your body and your healthcare. Let's get started. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of The Dr. Kinney Show. This week, I have back on the show my good friend, Julie Blavin, who is a pelvic floor expert. She is the owner and founder of Celebrate the Pelvic Floor. And we're going to have a little bit of chat about the different types of pelvic floor dysfunction that women can have. And a lot of us have pelvic floor dysfunction, which can lead to a whole host of different problems from incontinence to difficulty orgasming to what Julie can tell us more about. But there's a lot of issues that your pelvic floor can kind of be the underlying root cause of. So Julie, thanks for being back here again and for talking about this really important topic. Thank you so much for having me, Erin. I'm so glad to be here. So glad to see you and chat with you. It's always super fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's jump right in. So let's talk about the different types of pelvic floor dysfunction that women can have. All right, let's go. So as so listeners out there, as Erin said, as Dr. Kenny said, I am a pelvic floor yoga teacher and the founder of Celebrate the Pelvic Floor. And so my focus on women is to reveal the state of their pelvic floor according to what's going on in their life, according to physical, mental, emotional, energetic, and sexual answers in this quiz that I have. According to the answers on that quiz, I'm going to be able to give you maybe some results that can bring a bit more awareness into your life and give you sort of the foundation upon which you can then build your yoga practice and your wellness journey moving forward with respect to your pelvic floor. Cool. So what are the different types of pelvic floor problems that you can have? Let's let's walk everyone through it so you can so be able to see what they may resonate with and what yeah. they could potentially get as a result on your quiz. Absolutely. All right. So first, let's start with what the hell's a pelvic floor? Actually, somebody asked me that a couple of years ago. Ah, uh, Julie, what the hell is a pelvic floor and do I have one? And my answer is yes, everybody has one. A pelvic floor is literally at the floor of your pelvis. So it's a whole bunch of muscles, 16 muscles, three layers of musculature right at the base of your pelvic bowl or your pelvic basin. And the front of the pelvic floor muscles attach at the pubic bone and the back of the pelvic floor muscles attach at the tailbone. And on the sides of the pelvis, they attach at the ischial tuberosities or the sit bones or the sits bones. And so a lot of us women, in fact, the majority of us women are struggling with instability in these muscles. And it can look like uh, low back pain. It can look like tension in the low belly. It can look like constipation or diarrhea. It could look like uh, weakness or underactive pelvic floor muscles. And so that might be leakage. That might be stress incontinence or urge incontinence or key in the door syndrome, it's called. When you arrive home and all of a sudden you put your key in your door and you're walking in your apartment or your home and all of a sudden, oh, gotta pee and or you leak before you even get there. So 
there are all these triggers that we're going through physically, mentally, energetically, and sometimes sexually and emotionally that are telling us that we've got some instability in this area of the body. And it just makes sense. I mean, look at what happens in our lives, like not just childbirth, but a lot of us are sitting. I mean, I'm speaking for myself. I have been sitting out a lot, especially in the last couple of years on Zoom. And thank goodness for Zoom, right? Thank goodness for technology that we can all stay connected. However, pelvic floor does not like to sit for very long. I mean, it's a bunch of muscles and they need to be moving and grooving and dancing and singing just like the rest of our muscles. And we want to keep them happy and healthy. We want to keep them stable. We want to keep them strong. Yes, we want to keep them tight, but we also want to keep them nice and flexible and limber and stretched. So there's a way that we can go about keeping these muscles stable. Um, and that's what my yoga program at celebratethepelvicfloor.org goes into in great detail. And I'm going to drop in the podcast notes here. Dr. Erin Kinney is going to drop my quiz and y'all are going to have a chance to take this quiz and see what's going on with your pelvic floor. Cool. So I think if I'm hearing correctly, there's, you can have underactive pelvic floor muscles, you could have overactive pelvic floor muscles, and then you could maybe have a combo of them. Yes, absolutely. And again, it's just like any other area of the body. Like we've got back muscles, right? We've got arms, we've got legs. And sometimes we feel that the legs aren't as strong as they could be, or the arms aren't as strong as they could be, or maybe they're really, really super tight. And they feel like when we, when we stretch them, they just don't stretch enough where they're really sore. So again, the pelvic floor muscles, I mean, it's, it's just anatomy. Yeah. It's, other part of the body. And so they can be underactive and or overactive. And so there's like, it's really difficult to figure out. So in my quiz, I'm asking you some questions that can help to shed light on the state of your pelvic floor. And then we can go from there. You know, then we can give you uh, what's going to be most appropriate for you according to your pelvic floor muscles. Yeah. But I think what's so difficult, and correct me if I'm wrong, but with the pelvic floor, it's very different. Like if you pull a hamstring or your hamstrings are tight, you feel that very quickly. And it's you can easily Google like, hey, what do I do to stretch my hamstrings out? Or what do I do to rest this hamstring? Or what do I do to work the quads instead of the hamstring? A lot of our muscles that we're more aware of, it's a little bit easier to, you know, they're, these muscles are a lot, they're moving a lot. The pelvic floor muscles, we can move them, but they're not we're not moving them in everyday life. Like we are using them in a lot of actions, but we're probably not aware of how often we're using those muscles, correct? Exactly. So you just said a couple of things that I really want to touch on. So number one, interestingly enough, a lot of times when we have hamstring tightness or issues, let's say with the legs, the pelvis, the back, the core, the origin of those issues are in pelvic floor. Boom, mic drop. So there's the thing. And then let me touch on something else you said, like these muscles are constantly working, moving and acting and reacting. Like they're part of our foundational core. They're at the base of our pelvis, which is at the base of our core. And so these 16 muscles are doing all sorts of wonderful things. Like they, they help us to pee and poo. They help us during sex. They help us as we breathe. And they also are helping us with stability because they're the foundational core. So as we're moving, say I move my head and shoulders to the left, my pelvic floor activates to keep me balanced, right? Say I'm stepping from a step down to the next step. My pelvic floor activates because I'm moving forward and I don't want to fall on my forehead, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it sounds to me like I would imagine a lot of women have an over, like if, if these muscles are, and I'm going to use an analogy like 
I talk to patients a lot that have upper back pain or back pain. You know, a lot of our erector spinae muscles are the muscles that keep your back upright. They are working all the time. They're working when you're sitting, they're working when you're standing, they're working when you're walking, when you're exercised. So these muscles get fatigued and they are they, they can get like in spasm mode, they can get overactive. I would imagine that a lot of, if you're really an active person or you've got a lot of stress that you would tend to have an overactive pelvis floor. Is that, is that correct to assume that? Correct. Yeah. So here's the thing. When we have issues, let's say again, with the erector spinae, where we have issues with the obliques or the deep iliopsoas or some of these muscles of the core that seem to really pull and resist and pull back and clench all the time. And then all of a sudden we've got pain, right? This can be alleviated if we bring more of a focus, if we bring more of an awareness into strengthening and stabilizing the pelvic floor muscles, because, and this is one of the metaphors that I love to teach, you can't build a house starting second floor. So strengthening and stabilizing is important, but I would imagine also figuring out how to relax those muscles would be important as well, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So figuring out different ways for breathing. And do you have some tips for people on like how to, how they can relax those muscles or how they can kind of start to bring some balance there? Because it sounds like maybe the, the core issue is that the pelvic floor muscles are just out of balance. They're not properly aligned. They're not properly stabilized and they're not properly relaxing, which can happen anywhere in the body. Right. So what are some of the, some easy ways that people could, after listening to this, like they can go take your quiz, but what are some ways that they can start to maybe just become aware of their pelvic floor? Is there, is there a tip that you have on that? Absolutely. So I want you to take a look at what's going on in your daily life. Are you standing more into your right leg and cocking your right hip out? Are you sitting at the left end of the sofa with the right leg up and over the left knee? Are you leaning with your left elbow onto the left end of the sofa? Like, is that your spot? If it's your spot, switch your spot. If you constantly sit on the floor and you're curving into your low back, you're really rounding and tucking that pelvis under. I want you to bring a pillow under the back of your bum right under your tailbone. So you go more into an anterior pelvic tilt. So like there are so many ways that we are coming out of alignment. And every time we do that, the pelvic floor has to compensate to keep you in a neutral place and to keep you balanced. But what also happens is the glutes get involved, right? Or the high abdominals, the rectus abdominis gets involved, or the erector spinae, or the Quadratus lumborum, where all the muscles in the low back and the sides start to click in because there's just no support from down below at the base of the pelvis. And again, think about the house. If you're going to have no foundational support, then that house is going to collapse. I mean, you're going to have issues with the foundation, right? And so same thing with the body. Not only do we want our feet to be strong and our legs to be strong, but that pelvic floor is everything when it comes to foundational support. Gotcha. So if you're someone who's like finding yourself shifting a lot or moving because you're pain, you're trying to move. Somebody asked me at at Christmas, say, hey, if I'm always sitting in a chair with one foot up and like, or if I feel better sitting in the front of the chair, what does that mean? Would that mean that they potentially have some pelvic floor dysfunction of some kind? If they're- Well, the the cool thing about what that person said is that they're aware of it, number one. That's awesome, gold star. Number two- they're making adjustments along the way, which is pretty much the definition of yoga. Like yoga is, the definition of yoga is yoke or union or connection of mind and body, right? So as we're living, we make adjustments along the way. And so if we're constantly wiggling to, let's say, rid ourselves of pain, 
yeah, we need to maybe look at other things that we can be doing to rid ourselves of that pain. However, we're already on a really good path because we're aware and we're making adjustments along the way. So that's really awesome. But oh, that's great. Def- yeah. Yeah. Let's definitely find what's going on with pelvic floor so we can do what's really appropriate. And then we can maybe say goodbye to that pain for good. Yeah. Right. That's, that yeah. sounds great. Yeah. Very cool. So, so what else do we need to know about the pelvic floor? Oh gosh, don't get me started. So this is like our, this is our jam women. Like this is, this is what makes us us, right? This is our sacred space. But some of us are struggling with issues. Some of us are struggling with pain. Some of us are struggling with leakage. And then all of a sudden it's like, yeah, that was my pelvic floor. I'm not going to be thinking about sex. I'm not even going to be touching her. I'm not going to be going there. I just want to just disconnect, right? And so many women come to me who are disconnected from this area of the body. But again, it's your sacred space. And so once we start to disconnect from this area of the body, number one, our issues are not going to go away on their own. So if you're going to ignore your issues, they're not going to go away. The leakage is going to get worse. The pain is going to get worse. Then all of a sudden, you're going to be in your later years. And then where do you start when you're ready, right? Don't hesitate in starting to address some of the issues that you know are happening within your body. And again, that could be physical, mental, emotional, energetic, sexual. There's all sorts of things that we struggle with. It could be painful sex. Well, a woman reached out to me a couple of days ago. I was actually talking to another young woman who's in my program and she says, you know, I think I'm going to put you in touch with a good friend of mine. She is struggling with pain during sex and I don't think that she's actually having sex anymore. And so that's like red flag. I want to definitely speak with this woman. So she and I connected and yeah, she hasn't engaged in penetration for eight years. And so I am like, all right, we're jumping on a call. Let's see what we can do to get you started right away. And so we can, you know, and I'm not saying let's have penetrative sex tomorrow. Um, no, that's not what I'm going to tell her to do, but I am going to say, let's have a conversation. Let's see what we can do to get you on the yoga mat and to do some things that are going to be really good for your body. So you can reconnect with your sexual selves and really start to cultivate that sacred space again. And because and, it's so important. It's so yeah. it's, it's like our everything, right? It's where we've come from. It's 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 our everything. This well, this is like, it's very it's vulnerable. Yeah, it's it's the root chakra. It's the it's the base of your whole your whole system. Exactly, and it's yes, it's our root chakra. So those of you who aren't familiar with chakras, this is our energy system um, according to yoga. And the root chakra is the chakra or the energy that's all about um, our connection with the earth and our connection with our child and our connection with our past and our family. And it's our connection with our kids, if we have them, and our family. And I said that. And our career and our connection with survival and safety and security. So when we're feeling imbalanced in this area, we are imbalanced in this area. So it could mean really looking at what's happened or what's happening that's making us maybe feel a little bit unsafe or unstable, or maybe a lot unsafe and unstable. And then what might we be able to do that can bring us back to a feeling of safety and stability? And yoga is easy peasy and, you know, coming into some very simple postures and shapes and meditations and hand gestures that can help get us to reconnect with this area. Cool. So so if someone's interested in working with you, where should they first? They should start with the quiz, right? They should go take yeah. a quiz and see what's going on. Absolutely. Yeah. Go ahead and start with that quiz. It's just a 10 question quiz, really easy peasy. 
and then that'll put you on my list. But hey, if you want to reach out to me directly, go ahead and reach out to me directly. I'm going to include my um, contact dates here. And my website is celebratethepelvicfloor.org. I'd love to connect with you on Instagram, Celebrate Pelvic Floor, Facebook. My Facebook group is Celebrate the Pelvic Floor with Julie Blanton. So I'll just include all of these contact info, all this contact info for your show. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Everyone go follow her, go join her Facebook group. She has tons of great info in there. And again, like you said, I think the first step is just bringing some awareness to your connecting with that part of yourself, with those muscles, you know, on a physical level, on a spiritual level, on an emotional level. There's a lot of stuff going on down there. (laughs) A lot of things to figure out. And you guys know I talk about this on every show, that it's really important to have someone to guide you through this any sort of healing process. So if you're thinking that there's something going on in that area, you know, Julie is definitely your gal to help you help you sort out what's going on and help get you on a path to, you know, getting reconnected and feeling feeling really good in all pelvic floor areas. Yes, absolutely. I'd love to help. I'd be honored to help. I love this work. It's 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 kind of scary. I mean, this is not the conversation that we typically have. Like some people would call this a taboo topic, but you know what? We're taking this topic away from taboo. Because oh, yeah. No, it doesn't need to be taboo. Like, this is an important right? thing. And yeah. like you said, it's just, an, you know, part of it's just anatomy. I mean, the, yeah. and sometimes it is a little bit weird to talk about sex and to talk about, you know, bowel movements and that stuff. But, yeah. you know, it's your, it's your body and you only get one body and one life. So it's, it's good, good to take care of it. So, yeah. yeah. So thank you so much for being on the show again. If you guys want, there's another earlier episode. If you want to go check that out as well, you can go listen to that and check out. She offered some more tips on that episode. But thank you so much for being on the show again, Julie. It was great to have you and yeah. everyone go follow her. And I'll talk to you guys next week. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Dr. King Show. Be sure to follow the show and leave a rating and a review. It supports me so much. Plus, I always love hearing from you guys. Thanks so much for tuning in and I'll talk to you next week.